Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old who are currently in um, Game Changers, and uh, probably from about um, mid-November, they, uh, they started asking me to make a countdown for when they could start opening their advent calendar. <laughs> So if they wanted a countdown to the countdown, so like, where does it end? So obviously, no, we didn't do that. Um, but it, it felt like a picture to me of um, how much this season of Advent is for them is just pure joy and, and, and excitement and anticipation with nothing else, just, just joy. And they're just, they're just so excited about it that they wanted a countdown to when they could even start their countdown. Um, and as grown-ups, we, we try to hold on to that as much as possible, and we have moments of that, but it's more complicated because there's other stuff mixed in, and the stuff that is hard before Christmas uh, doesn't get paused over Christmas and is still hard over Christmas and might be harder over Christmas because of everything that comes along with it. Um, and so I don't know where this advent finds you but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's unlikely that every grown-up in this room is feeling just pure joy and excitement with nothing else mingled in um though yeah so you might you might be in um a season of just uncertainty a bit unsettled anxiety um you might be waiting or longing for something not knowing if and when that's going to happen um there might be sickness, pain, disappointment, even grief. Um, and I think it's interesting that that, that that is where Luke starts the story of Jesus' birth. Not we, we, we so often start it with, oh, and an angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby. But Luke starts it um, with Elizabeth. And I don't know if anyone's read, John did a beautiful um, Advent reflection that happened to be about Elizabeth this morning so if you get a chance to read it do um but it's interesting that he starts with Elizabeth who is longing for a child and has been longing for a child for decades um and it starts in her waiting and in her pain and they, he uses words like her shame and her disgrace which it's devastating that that's how she was feeling about not being able to have a child. Um, and she she is um, married to Zechariah the priest, and it says, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless and they were both very old. I don't know what very old means. They're probably like 40, but apparently. <laughs> apparently. Um, but... Uh, so the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah that Elizabeth will become pregnant with a son, John. And then it's in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy that we get the angel coming to Mary to say, you're going to have a baby who's going to be my son. Um, and I just wonder whether by starting the story in this way, Luke wants us to notice that the coming of Jesus happens in the midst of the other stuff that's going on, the pain, the longing, the disappointment, the story starts there. 
Um, and I, I, I don't know if uh, anyone else has read John Mark Comer's um, Advent Reflections, but I've read some of those, and he says, uh, talking about um, uh, hope, hopelessness beckons hope. Hopelessness beckons the miracle is how he puts it. But like that thing of how hope is ignited in hopelessness and in our weakness, he is strong. So our weakness invites his strength to come in, beckons his strength to come in. So to live in the spirit of Advent is to anticipate God in the midst of that wherever we are. Um, so Advent is the anticipation of Jesus coming, but the, the waiting isn't necessarily comfortable. Um, certainly for Mary being pregnant, like pregnancy is on the one hand beautiful and joyful and exciting and everything that you might have hoped for. And then on the other hand, it can be terrifying, painful, sickening, um, exhausting, um, confusing, emotional, all these other things, really, really hard. Um, and even though you, you know or you believe that the thing that you hope for is coming, the waiting and the growing isn't pure joy and hopeful anticipation. There's other stuff mixed in there as well, usually. Um, and I think that um, pregnancy, like Advent, uh, models that breath, that suspension between the thing that you're hoping for and that thing actually arriving and changing things. Um, between this sort of awakening of hope and the fulfillment of that hope and the visible, tangible thing. Um, again, I, I, the imagery that John Mark Comey uses is fresh, fresh in my mind because I, I read it quite recently, but he talks about rain falling and how there's a suspension between the rain leaving the clouds and hitting the earth. And the rain is definitely coming. Like there's no stopping it once it's started to fall from the clouds. But there's a breath and a suspension before it hits the earth. And I think just reflecting on Advent and some of the things that Advent means, I feel like it's like the breath between the promise that Jesus is coming and his birth that changes everything. And in our own waiting, I think we also feel that tension between knowing that he's coming and he's good and he's alive and he's the living hope and he changes everything and he makes the impossible possible uh, and that he hasn't forgotten us. And then actually feeling or perceiving that shift and, and the reality that he's alive in our circumstances and they're changing um, and seeing what he's done or he's been doing. Um, 
and yeah, just like the image of of that rain, like he's he's certainly coming. But there's a breath there before the quenching of the earth. And that breath, that suspension might be a moment or it might be decades. And I think um, I was just thinking, like, the question is, what do we fill that breath with? What do we fill that suspended moment with? We talk about um, the phrase a pregnant pause because it's like weighty with significance because it's a pause because what's coming next is going to be big and it's going to change things, it's going to be significant. It's weighty with anticipation. And so what do we, what do we fill that breath with? Is it fear and anxiety? Is it hopelessness, despair, um, frustration, envy? Is it noise and distraction? Or is it a leaning into God, acknowledging our weakness and our dependence on him? and inviting him into that, to fill that breath, to fill that space, to fill that suspended moment. I think that's both uh, the invitation and the challenge of Advent. What is that breath, that pause pregnant with? Fear and anxiety, disappointment, envy, frustration, or living hope? And it's not comfortable to hold that breath. And to take inventory of everything that that breath holds. That's not comfortable. Um, and to look our pain and our fears and our longings and our disappointments or whatever it is in the eye. And this picture just came to me this morning, so you have to bear with me a bit, but um, I don't know if anyone remembers the, uh, I think it's like 1996 film Twister with Helen Hunt. Um, and, then, and I haven't probably haven't watched it for more than 20 years, but I do remember the, the climax um, is when they realise they're not going to be able to outrun this massive tornado. They're just not going to be able to. It's not possible. So actually the safest place for them to be, and obviously it makes great drama in a film, but the safest place for them to be is in the eye of the storm because that's, there's a stillness and a calm there while everything whips around them. And I just had this really clear image um, of being in the eye of that storm. And you're obviously very aware, like you're not closing your eyes to the stuff that's swirling around, like it's there, it's pressing, it's imminent, it's terrifying. But there's a, there's a calm and a stillness, and that's the safest place to be in the middle. And you're just, you're just clinging on to that and trying not to be whipped up out into that tornado. And so that's that still place and inviting God into that place and clinging onto him there in the midst of it all while it's swirling around is the safest place to be. That's where we open the door for God to come in, for hope to come in. And so when I'm talking about like filling our breath with living hope, filling our breath with God, inviting God in, I'm, um, I'm not talking about those like shallow breaths, that chest breaths that just, just about get us through the day. I mean like deep, 
belly breaths that like fill us up. And um, and somewhere along the line, this is probably maybe slightly more a, a female thing, but it, uh, but probably applies to everyone. We kind of condition ourselves probably around being a teenager time to hold our stomachs in. So we don't like um, take full breaths that like fill up our stomachs, you know, like fill up our bellies. And we take these like, oh, just oh, stopping in and like take really shallow breaths. And I mean, that's a whole other thing in itself. But, um, but I'm talking about like breaths that fill us up and like holding that breath that fills up our bellies. Um, Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. There may not be anything visible or tangible that would give you a reason to hope in the circumstances that you're in. Sometimes that's the case. But we have a living hope that speaks louder than our circumstances. And Elaine shared so beautifully from Corinthians, like our circumstances are one tiny bit of the story. And that's what's seen. And the stuff that is unseen speaks louder. And sometimes it's so easy to let our circumstances speak the loudest and press the, the hardest in on us. But there's so much that's unseen. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by the evidence of our circumstances, that we abound in hope. And, and going back to the, the image of the tornado, like it's a, it's a really brave thing and a really brave place to be, to go to that eye of the storm because you have to go through all of the stuff and it's very real and because I'm not talking about a a blind hope that ignores our circumstances um, and I'm not talking about a flimsy hope like a superficial roller coaster of hope that goes up and down like the stock market that's like oh, I got my hopes up, and then, oh, my hopes were dashed. Like, we go through that roller coaster many times a day, but I'm talking about a transcendent hope that fills our circumstances and speaks loud in them and changes, changes the equation, changes our perspective, because it reminds us that so much is unseen, and our circumstances are just this bit that is seen that can sometimes be shouting the loudest. But this transcendent hope overwhelms our circumstances. When we breathe it in, we let it fill us in that eye of the storm. That's the most real and true and alive thing. I think Advent reminds us of the promise of that living hope and of the breath before the birth of that hope. And maybe you're in the breath right now. Maybe you're holding the breath right now. But remember, even when Mary was in the breath before the birth, Jesus was already there, living inside her. The flame had already been lit 
while she quietly pondered all those things in her heart because it didn't make sense. If she was just looking at circumstances, it didn't make sense. And there wasn't going to be visible, tangible evidence that anything had changed and that Jesus was there for months. But while she just pondered those things in her heart and stored all that stuff up, the flame had already been lit. The rain had already started to fall and nothing was going to stop it. But there was some waiting to do. And again, John Mark Homer talks about creating an inner room, an inner room for God to come, for Holy Spirit to come, for Jesus to come, to fill that breath, that suspension. Uh, and he says that we do that through intentional moments of um, stillness, silence and solitude, taking ourselves away from noise and distraction. Um, and that's what Zechariah did at the beginning of, uh, of Luke. He, it was when he was away from everything else and in silence and solitude, that's when the angel came to him. And that inner room, I think that's like the eye of the storm That, that moment of silence and stillness and solitude that isn't, blind, isn't turning a blind eye to our circumstances, it's inviting God into them. And the alternative is letting something else fill that space, letting other things crowd him out, fear, hopelessness, or just distraction. And I think of um, the innkeeper's... Um, like many, many turned him away because it was too crowded and too noisy and there was too much going on and they'd already filled up all their space. But one made a stable available to him. And it wasn't fit for a king and it wasn't fancy and cleaned up. No one had done any preparation. But God didn't wait for a place that was fit for a king before he came to be Emmanuel, to be God with us. He came to the place that was made available. That's it. And um, yeah, he's not going to say like, oh, you, if you invite him in, he's not going to say it's a mess in here. What's going on? <laughs> like he could have done some preparation. You could have, you could have cleaned up a bit. Um, the promise of Advent is that Jesus is coming. You don't have to be good enough, clean enough, worthy enough, strong enough, resilient enough. You don't have to save yourself. You don't have to fix it yourself. You don't have to have the answers. You don't have to strive. He's coming to you in the place that you make available to him. So wherever you find yourself at this point, Jesus is coming and Jesus is already there. So as you hold that breath, invite him to fill it right down to your belly. The God of hope, the Prince of Peace. 
and like physically take some breaths and just invite him to feel those, reminding yourself that there is so much that is unseen and there might be a lot of scary or painful stuff that is seen, but there is so much that is unseen. And we have this living hope that transcends our circumstances and transforms. So just ask him to fill you with all joy and peace. Joy and peace that doesn't make any sense if you're focused on your circumstances and, and letting them speak the loudest. All joy and peace as you trust in his promise so that you may abound in hope for the fulfillment of what he's already started. That's really all I wanted to say and just that yeah, just please know that God is good. And I know we say that all the time. And I know it's, sometimes it's a really brave thing to hold on to that. But he's so good and he's so alive and he's doing things and he's changing things. Um, and so... I want to, um, in a minute I'll pray, but just, uh, we'll have a chance to just have a good amount of time to come and get prayer if you feel that you would like to come and get prayer. Um, but yeah, just please remember what Elaine shared earlier, that verse from Corinthians, please remember that you are not ever on your own and nothing is ever hopeless with him. Um, and if all else fails, just take some huge deep breaths and ask him to fill those breaths, fill you up with joy and peace and living hope. Um, yeah, I'm just going to pray that over us um, and then... I'm back to Jim. Yeah, God of hope. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are alive and changing things and there is so much that is unseen that you are doing. And thank you that we can cling to you in the eye of the storm in stillness that doesn't make any sense, in a moment of calm that sometimes doesn't make any sense and that you, you fill us up in that place and that in our weakness, you are strong. Our weakness invites your strength. Not our striving and our trying to keep it all together, but our weakness invites your strength. So I pray that you would you would fill us with all joy and all peace as we believe and trust in you so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would abound in the living hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk 
or follow us on Instagram. God bless and see you soon.